We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Hello, welcome to Transformative Principle with Jethro Jones. I'm guest hosting today. My name is Dr. Kelly Hastings. I am the founder of Enlightening Leadership, a principal coaching and educational consultant business. And I am here with Jethro today to hear a little bit more about how he supports principals and the things that he does to grow leaders. So Jethro. Thank you, Kelly. This is awesome. Why don't you share your perspective on how this interview came to be? Because people who have listened to the show for a long time know that I like having guest hosts and that I like to be interviewed every once in a while, but that I typically am interviewing other people. So tell us your perspective and then I'll give my perspective also. Okay, great. So as a leadership coach, I uh, reached out to Jethro because he has an amazing survey and it, it just helps leaders think about some different things. And so I asked him permission if I could share with the people that I was coaching. And we got into this great conversation about how we're supporting leaders and how important the work is, the things that he's doing, some of the things that I'm doing. And this was my suggestion of, hey, I didn't know that you coached principals. And I've watched the transformative principal and listened to it rather for a long time. Didn't realize that was part of it. So I wanted to highlight Jethro and the work that you're doing for coaching, because I think it's something that we don't do a lot of in education, and I wish we did a lot more of. I know my practice changed after I was coached, and I'm still coached, and it's just beneficial. So that's my perspective. Yeah, so my perspective is Kelly is such a servant leader that when I asked her if she wanted to come on my podcast and talk about what she's doing, she said, no, why don't... I come on your podcast and talk about what you're doing. And I thought, man, that is awesome. So Kelly's going to come back on in the future and talk all about her practice. But I was just so impressed that she wanted to serve and share what I was doing uh, first. I just really appreciate that. That's really powerful. So Kelly, thank you from the bottom of my heart for suggesting that because I figure uh, everybody just knows everything about me because I talk on the podcast so much, but you were like, I didn't even know you did this. And one, that's a tragedy because the work that I do is really life-changing. And two, yeah, people should know about it. So thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to to hear what we're going to talk about and the things that you're going to share about exactly what value you do bring to leaders and how they can benefit from it. Yeah. 
we should share quickly what we think people should look forward to from this interview. And I think for me, the thing that people should look forward to is really learning about this new way that I've gone about coaching that I'm going to talk about with the saboteurs and the sage powers and how powerful and impactful that has been for me and for the people that I'm coaching. It has, I feel like I've been a good coach for a long time, but this really took me up to a higher level. And that's what Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about. What did you like from this? What should people look forward to from it? I think people should look forward to it that you're not doing something brand new necessarily. You're you have some new tools possibly, but it's been aligned with your work that you've been doing for a really long time. I think that's the power of it because we can always improve, right? And you found this tool from Sherzad. Positive intelligence. Thank yeah. you. Positive <laughs> intelligence and have really taken that and just expanded the power that you bring to other leaders. I think that's what people should look forward to. Cool. Very good. And we'll get to that interview in just a minute. That's what you're supposed to say, Kelly. Sorry. We'll get (laughs) to that interview in just a minute. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It's all good. This is fun. I'm glad that you're such a good sport about this. All right, here we go. Thank you. Go. If you've been listening to Transformative Principle for any amount of time, you know that I have a love-hate relationship with EdTech. We have the ability to personalize learning for every single one of our students, and yet so many of our EdTech tools fall short. We need our technology to do more for us. That's why it's so important for me to know that IXL provides true personalized learning across the entire pre-K-12 curriculum and that it's proven to benefit all student populations, including English language learners and students in special ed programs. As a principal, I've used this in my school. As a parent, I've had my children use it as well. And let me tell you, this is a tool that definitely helps students learn and practice better. IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement. Studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non-IXL schools on state assessments, and independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies that IXL meets ESSA Tier 1 standards. With those results combined with IXL's teacher-friendly reputation, what more could you ask for? Now, you also know that I don't care so much about test scores, but I know that they are legislatively convenient and something that we have to deal with and manage on a day-to-day basis. If you can implement something that is easy and effective, why wouldn't you do it? If you have a goal to increase achievement for all students, make sure to find out what IXL can do for you. Visit IXL.com B for a demo. That's IXL.com B-E. All right, Jethro. So you've had a lot of AI discussions this summer, a lot of podcasts about it. So what are a few things that educational leaders should know about AI at this point? Yeah, I think this is really fascinating because we've had this huge influx of artificial intelligence development over the last year or so, and things that people weren't even thinking about a year ago and now are an integral part of their lives. I can't imagine writing show notes without the help of AI at this point, and I can't believe that I did it for so long without AI before. It's just, it's mind boggling. So I did the summer of AI series, which we just wrapped up. And what's amazing is that I thought that was going to be like 10 or so episodes about artificial intelligence. It turned out to be way more than that. And I kept on having people come in and say, Hey, I could talk about this. I could talk about this. And so I continued having conversations and talking with people and I was able to get some really diverse, interesting perspectives that I thought was really neat. Some people who didn't know anything about it, starting at the beginning, all the way to people who've been in it for years. And it's really cool. So the question of what are a few things that educational leaders should know about AI at this point? Number one, as with all technology, technology is a magnifying force and a multiplying force. What it does is it multiplies whatever you're doing by that technology. If you're a good teacher 
and you're in like the net positive, I'm good or a good leader and you're in the net positive, it can make you even better. If you, however, are not in the net positive, uh, a negative times a positive is still a negative. And so it can make you even worse. And that I think is a really important thing to pay attention to. So even though I use AI for a lot of different things, I recognize where I still have the expertise, I still have the authority. And what I think educational leaders should pay attention to is that AI does not make you the expert. If you don't know what you're talking about, then AI can really mess you up. If you do know what you're talking about, then AI can really help you take it to the next level and find ways to uh, articulate things in a new and different way that you maybe haven't thought of before. I think that's the most important thing. Any follow-up there, Kelly? Yes, thinking about that and how it can uh, multiply, uh, positive or negative, what are some ways that, let's assume, presume positive intent and go with the positive right now, what are some ways that some people who already are good leaders or good teachers, how can they use AI to, like you said, magnify or multiply their impact? One of my favorite stories from the summer was with Sarah Rubenstein, who's a principal in Washington, and she received a six-figure grant uh, using AI, a process that used to take her, and this is going back to that expert piece, she already has gotten this grant numerous times. She knows what it takes to get it, and it used to take her like two solid weeks of working to do it. Now she did it in a few hours. That's the multiplying force and power of artificial intelligence. It made it possible for her to do it in a quicker way, but still have good quality content that she submitted. I think that's really powerful. Uh, Other simple things like being able to give feedback, being able to get feedback, being able to analyze data, those are all unique and different ways that really can help school leaders especially use it in a powerful way. So taking a bunch of information from a professional development or from feedback from a, a an open house or a survey or something like that, and being able to pull all that together and learning what it is that people are thinking and feeling and having something else that's not emotionally connected to the data, make some determinations about it can be a really positive, powerful thing as well. One of the things we got to think about that though, with that is that what are we, where's that data going? Who's got access to it? Mm-hmm. And so we need to think about privacy and make sure that we're not sending information over to OpenAI or whatever else we're using and make sure that we're being wise about that and thinking through where that data is going. Right. Just like we need to be thinking about those things in every other aspect, right? This include that into AI. Good. Yeah, for sure. So if- there were a leader or a teacher who has never used AI before, what would you suggest them being their first steps? Yeah, this is actually what I created AIleader.info for, was to help people learn about AI and understand what its capabilities are. So I would say go to AIleader.info and sign up for that. And I created that to give you three-minute master courses on understanding AI so you can learn everything that you need in just three minutes. And that's how long each video is. There's reviews of tools that people can use. There's descriptions of how the AI actually works so that you understand what you're asking it to do and what it's capable of doing. So right now, AI is really just a really good word prediction system. And it just says, this Mm -hmm. is what I think the next word is. And that's really where it's at right now. That's going to change and it's going to grow and develop over time. But starting out right now, that's where we're at. And if you're part of an association, some associations have got it for their whole entire state. And so that that may be, you may be in one of those states, Alaska, Arizona, Connecticut, and a couple others, I can't remember off the top of my head, have already done that for their whole state. So if you're already in those states, you can access it for free. Just reach out and I'll send you the link to get in there or your state executive director has probably already done that. But you can also access it yourself. And again, just a way to help people learn about it and understand it in a way that they can go to someone who understands their principal role and can help them navigate this a little bit better. Mm-hmm. 
I was at a conference earlier this summer and they had one session on AI and so many people wanted to go. So I know that the need is there, that people want to know more about this. So that's a great place yeah. to send people to. All this fall, I'm presenting all over the country on different artificial intelligence topics and and people definitely want to hear it. And the real challenge for for these associations is that they have their conference planned out a whole year in advance. And so they don't have a lot of room for these things to come in. And I've been in a lot of discussions and our conference is already planned. We don't have room to bring in this topic, even though we know it's what people want. We just can't bring it in. So grateful to states like Arizona, North Dakota, Nebraska, and Iowa, who have said, let's do something special about AI so that people can learn about it and really get on board. A couple other states, Maine and Connecticut also are have put on some special events just for artificial intelligence so that people can understand what they're doing and how to access it better. That's great. The need is definitely there. Yes. Thank you. iLeader.info. Okay. Yep. Go check we that check out. Check that out for sure. So just talking about what you do to support principals, you, you you say that most principals are running from one emergency to the next. I know when I was a principal, that happened a lot of days, right? So how do you help principals become more focused to find the actions they need to transform for their students? Yeah, I think the real important thing here is that most school leaders, I, I divide leaders up in this way. Level one is a warm body, which is just someone who's there, just like making sure the school doesn't burn down. And that's pretty much what their role is. Nobody wants that kind of a leader in the school, but they exist, right? And unfortunately, sometimes they do. Level two is a manager. And the role of the manager is to make sure that all the things are happening how they're supposed to. And it's a step up from a warm body and they're doing some good things and, and all that. Level three, I classify as a leader, which is somebody who's uniting people behind division and moving forward and helping us get to a certain point. Uh, but then there's level four, which I think is where we all should aspire to be and where I help get principals to, which is a designer of the school. And the designer of the school is someone who not only has a vision for where the school goes, but also enacts changes to make it so that it's possible to get there. Now, a leader does some of that also, but the different approach with a designer versus a leader is that the designer of a school is really looking at it as in what structures exist and what structures do I need to take away or add to make it possible for our school to be at the best possible level. And here's the reality. We're all just cogs in a machine anyway, right? And as soon as your usefulness in the district is done, you're going to be moved out and someone else is going to be put in. That's just the harsh reality of what it is. Same with teachers, same with superintendents. It's just a cog in a machine. True. And so when you're in that machine, how effective and impactful can you be so that some of those things will last after you're gone and we'll, you'll find success. Here's a quick example. When I was an assistant principal at a Title I school, our average daily attendance was 85%. We did all kinds of things to, to make changes and have kids come to school, be on time, all that kind of stuff. And what ended up working is that we announced every single day what our attendance was for that day by grade level. And if the grade level had a percentage of 95% or better, then the kids could cheer and we could celebrate. If they didn't, then they just had to sit there and, and listen to the announcement, right? <laughs> and so this simple little thing was us designing the experience that kids would have in that school so that they would it, hopefully be encouraged to increase their attendance. Now, the reason why I bring this up in the context of this is that this was a different approach than leading, which leadership would have said, let's set this goal and let's do these parties and let's do these things to make this happen. And a manager would have just been taking attendance and saying, we have a problem 
and let's try to tweak these knobs and pull these levers to to make this happen. And a, man, a warm body would have just ignored it. So as designers, though, we looked at the situation. We said, what change can we put in place that can last for a long time to make this continue to happen? So we did that one little thing of announcing attendance. And the reason why I bring it up is because five years after I left, I called the secretary at the school and said, hey, are you guys still doing that? And is it still working? She said, yes, we're still doing it. And yes, it's still working because it's simple, it's clear, and it's easy for everybody to do. That's the difference between being a leader and being a designer. Nice. So you work with principals and you coach a lot of leaders. So how do you coach leaders to become these design principals? Yeah. So what really is important is that people need to start being in charge of designing their own life first. And once Mm -hmm. they improve their own experience, then they can start transforming the experience of others. And so that goes back to me really to getting your mind in the right place. And we talk a lot about going to the gym, being healthy, exercising, all that kind of stuff. We need to do the same thing for our mind as well. And so a lot of my work really focuses on what is called mental fitness. It's based on the work of Shirzad Shamin, who wrote the book, Positive Intelligence. If you Mm -hmm. want, you can go read that book and get this great insight in how to do this for your whole life, which is great. My focus is on doing this work with principals specifically, because that's, those are the people that I love because they're doing such great work for kids. And I want to help them be as good as they possibly can for those kids they're showing up for. Very cool. And you do this in a group setting. Do you do this individually? How how do you work? How do you do that? Yeah. So we do it in both situations through individual coaching and through what I call a mastermind. And I've been doing the mastermind. I started doing that in 2016 and just had a few principals reach out after hearing me on the podcast. And they said, Hey, can you help me with this? And when I got a bunch of them together, I said, why don't we do this as a group? And the way the mastermind works is you bring your problems to the group, and then we discuss how to help you resolve these problems. Now, I've cheated a little bit myself in that I've used this podcast for years to help me improve what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. And so I would have a problem in the school. I would reach out to someone who I thought could answer that problem. And then I would just ask them how to solve the problem that I was facing. And a lot of times it related to a book that they had written or their own experience. And I did the same thing. It helps so much to talk through the challenges you're facing with someone who's not emotionally connected to what's going on. And the mastermind coaching is really powerful because you get in there with these other people. The individual coaching, the way that this works with the mental fitness is that we do some intensive six-week programs to get you to the point where you're understanding all the aspects of it. You're understanding all 10 saboteurs. You're understanding the sage powers and how to bring those forward in your life. And if that's, if you can start controlling those things, then you're going to have a lot more success in controlling all kinds of other things. The main saboteur that we all have, all of us have is the judge and the judge judges ourselves. It judges others and it judges our circumstances. And When we get caught in this judging, (laughs) then it just makes everything else fall apart. And so what we shift from judging is we shift to blameless discernment and recognizing that somebody's not doing what they should or not living up to their potential or whatever the case is, and doing that in a blameless way so that we're not judging them, but we're just noting this isn't working. And then using the sage power, we can start connecting to it in a different way and finding a way to overcome the challenges. So we can empathize with that person. We can start coming up with, we start exploring why they might be having these challenges. We can start innovating, coming up with different ideas about which we can take action. Then we can finally decide to take real action that's going to benefit the situation and help that person live up to their potential. Now, of course, Kelly, this all has to start with us on the inside. And if we're not doing it ourselves, one, we come across as disingenuous 
and yep. not real, come across as fake and judgy, that doesn't help anybody. If we're doing it with ourselves, then we also have more empathy and understanding for why this person is struggling. And we have better insight in how to help them overcome what they're struggling with so that they can find success as well. So we do this six-week kind of intensive thing. It's really powerful. I was working with a principal this summer, and she said that she's principal of a Catholic school. She really struggled with all the stuff that Catholic school principals need to do, which is like fundraising, which is recruiting kids to come to their school. Mm -hmm. And it was really challenging for her. And she said within just a month of doing this, she no longer had fear going and speaking to congregations about getting their kids to enroll in her school, which was something that was nearly paralyzing beforehand. Uh Another principal who was in that cohort talked about how she was really struggling with difficult family issues. And by doing this work herself, she was able to not have the drama that she typically experienced when she got back together with her family. And this is so important because while I work with principals specifically, it applies to more areas of your life than just the work that you do in schools. And so it can improve your marriage. It can improve your relationships with other people. It can improve your relationships with your kids. It can eliminate stress from your life and do all kinds of things to help you find the success that you're really looking for and do it in a way that you're not putting other people down. You're not stepping over people to get to where you want. You're being more collaborative and open and supportive with people. And if you're interested in this, you can go to uh, jethjones.com slash coach, and you can get a little cheat sheet to help you see what each of these different saboteurs are besides just the judge and what the sage powers are. And that's at jethrojones.com slash coach. Let's talk about flex time in schools. If you've been listening for a long time, you know how important I think this is. It gives us more time for personalized learning, increasing choice and agency for students, and the increased enrollment that comes with it, dedicated time for intervention and enrichment. And overall, as school leaders, it gives us and our faculty more tools to increase academic achievement. But the implementation and management of flex time can be so tough. Tricky logistics and a lack of clear accountability systems can prevent teachers from buying in and can hold us back from ensuring students make good use of their time. I'm pleased to share that MyFlex Learning provides a solution to these challenges and more. MyFlex Learning helps you create and manage flexible time for any purpose. And with seamless SIS integration, a student locator, flexible daily rostering, and an intuitive mobile app, it eliminates the common challenges of implementation and management. Want to see for yourself? Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more about it and receive $500 off the first year of use. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. So you mentioned that people have to start with themselves. Principals have to start with growing themselves. Have you had much pushback with that? Or do people understand why we have to start with ourselves? The pushback, it's interesting you say it like that, because everybody wants to fix everybody else. And so it's easy to say, this teacher is not doing this right, and I need to fix them. And once you recognize that you actually need to fix yourself, and that's all you really need to worry about, a couple of really powerful things happen. Number one, other people start seeing that in you, and they start seeing that you're taking care of your business first. And it becomes quickly apparent, especially when you can get over yourself and start apologizing for things that you've done wrong, which is part of this also, that that's really powerful. The second thing is that your words carry more weight and people believe what you say when they know that you are working on this yourself as well. And so one of the things that has happened with me as I've worked on this myself is that my kids have trusted me more when I say things. They've become more responsive to doing what I'm asking them to do. They've become more understanding when I say this is what needs to change And because they see me putting the time and work in as well, they're more able to do it because they're saying, well, if dad can do it, then I guess I can do it too. And that extends to the principalship and 
your other relationships as well. Even if you are in a position where you're not, you can even lead up with this, which I think is really powerful too, that your superiors will mm-hmm. see this person is really committed and doing these things again and again. I can trust what they say because they are people of integrity and are more in control of themselves than they have been in the past. That is a really interesting point that you bring up about leading up because a lot of people struggle with that. And this is exactly how people can do that. Just And like you said, we only have control over ourselves anyway, right? Ultimately, that's we have influence, but we don't have control. And the power of starting with yourself, I think, is pretty strong. And and the principles that you have coached have felt the same way. Yep. And what they see is that it actually doesn't matter what other people say or think about them or what complaints they make or anything like that, because they're confident in who they are rather than seeking for validation and affirmation from other people which to be honest, you're just never going to get in the way that that makes you feel good. One of the other saboteurs is the pleaser. And what the pleaser tries to do is it, and this is, educators are definitely afflicted by this saboteur. The pleaser tells you that you need to be nice and make people feel good. And by doing that, you're going to not have conflict or stress in your life. And the opposite is actually true. When you are nice and just try to please people, you are constantly living outside of who you really are. And you're always stressed and always frustrated because you're always pleasing everybody else and not ever taking care of yourself and what you need to do for yourself. And so rather than this pleasing, making you feel like you are like serving everybody, it actually makes you feel like you are a slave to everybody else. And there's a big difference between those two things. When you're serving everyone out of the goodness of your heart because you love them and care about them and want to be a good human being, that's a lot different than changing who you are every time somebody else has a different issue so that you can adapt to who they are and do what they want you to do rather than doing what you personally really need to do. You've mentioned two of the saboteurs, the judge and the pleaser. And it made me think about relationships, how we always say, have good relationships, build good relationships, but we don't really say how or coach people how to do that. It sounds like those are two ways you can do that. Do you have other uh, examples of how you can coach principals to build relationships? Yeah. So like I said, there are 10 saboteurs. The judge is the main one. And then there's the, the pleaser as well. That's an accomplice. There are eight others besides those. And let me just tell you those real quick. There's the controller who tries to control everything. There's the hyperachiever who says that your worth is based on how much you achieve. There's the restless saboteur, which says there's always something better somewhere else and that you're never fully Mm -hmm. present. There's the hypervigilant, which is always afraid of the worst thing possible happening. There's the stickler, which tells you that you have to do everything perfectly and correctly or else it's not worth doing at all. There's the avoider who puts off doing difficult things because of whatever reason. And whatever that reason is what the avoider says is going to make you happy. It's really not the case. It's the opposite. And then the last two is the victim, which says that everything is happening to me and I'm I'm the victim in every situation. And the hyper-rational, which is just focused on logic and no emotion, no connection, no human relationships. And those are all of the saboteurs. And because of the work that Shirzad has done, it's called a factor analysis. And what he's found is that every stress and problem in our life can be boiled down to these 10 saboteurs, Mm. which is really amazing because it's like the primary colors of red, yellow, and blue that all colors in the world come down to those three colors. Factor analysis study did the same thing and found that all the struggles and challenges we face in life come down to these 10 saboteurs. And once you start really looking at it, you can see how that is exactly the case. And you can identify in your relationships, in your stress at work, in the things that you are, your goals that you're trying to accomplish, 
you can see that the stress comes from these saboteurs saying you can't do this because of X, Y, or Z, or you have to do it this way because of X, Y, or Z. And it just really messes with your head and makes it challenging for you to be as successful and high performing as you want to be. Even the hyperachiever, which is all about success and achievement, makes you think that this is how you have to do it. When the reality is that you already have worth regardless of what you do or do not achieve. And when you can finally understand that, and this is my top saboteur myself, so I struggle with this on the regular, it is, I already have worth regardless of what I achieve or don't achieve. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have to wait for winning an award or having a certain number of clients before I am worthy and valuable. And I still struggle with that. It's not like I'm like, oh, I figured this out. Now it's never a problem. The difference is, is I know how to react when I see it and what I need to do instead. That's where the power comes in. Nice. Yeah. Principles then identify one or a couple, and then they want to work on those, I assume. Yes. Okay. So yeah. once they do that, do they see the benefit of them changing how they respond and how they act as a school leader? Yeah. And this is what's really amazing because the principal I was talking about before, who's not afraid to go talk to the parishes and get and talk about kids coming to her school. When she shows up like that and is able to have that conversation and be comfortable with them, she also has more confidence talking to her staff, talking to the students in her school. And it just bleeds out into every facet of your life, which is an amazing opportunity for you as a principal to have that confidence to have that self-assurance and it's not cockiness or being headstrong. Mm -hmm. It's this powerful self-awareness that allows you to be yourself instead of trying to be someone else in every different situation. And so you don't have to show up as somebody else in any given situation. You show up as yourself, your weaknesses and strengths included. And instead of being afraid of and hiding from your weaknesses, you just say, look, this is something that I'm not great at and I struggle with this. And you wouldn't believe the amount of grace and compassion that people give you when you come out and say, this is an area of my weakness. And sometimes people avoid that because they think that they're going to be judged or that they're going to not be perceived as being as great if they share their weaknesses. But the reality is everybody has them and nobody wants to talk about them. And when we can finally talk about them and we can say, every time I talk to someone and they say they don't want to work with me as their coach, then it hurts because I, because my hyperachiever says, Jethro, you're only as valuable as the number of clients you have. That's wrong, but I still feel that way. And yeah. so every time I don't get a deal or don't get a speaking engagement, I think, oh, I must not be good enough. Let me give you a real clear example. I've got someone who I've been working with and she hadn't spoken to me in a couple of weeks. And I was like, man, I'm sure that this is uh, like, this relationship is gone and she doesn't ever want to work with me. And I'm telling myself all these stories in my head that are not true, right? That's the judge saboteur coming out. And that's the hyperachiever saboteur coming out because she's not talking to you. You must not be worthy anymore, which is just crazy. So I, get in my sage brain. I use my sage powers to send her an email and reach out to her. And you know what she replies with? Oh, we totally need to catch up again. I It's been a crazy summer. I've missed you. Let's talk again. We're going to get this project going again in September after Labor Day. So we'll get back in touch and no worries. So here I was panicked, freaking out, thinking she doesn't want to work with me anymore. She's moved on. I wasn't good enough. When in reality, she just is doing other things. And my saboteurs are telling me, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. And in reality, she loves me. She thinks I'm great and can't wait to get back working with me. But I'm just not on her plate right now. And that's totally fine. That That's huge. I've never felt that way in my life before. I've always right. felt like if somebody's not talking to me, they must hate me. They must be moving on. They must not want anything to do with me. That is not helpful at all. Yeah. And 
And I know principals have experienced the same thing. Your superintendent looks at you a certain way and you're like, oh man, I better start looking for a job. When in reality, your uh, superintendent was probably just stifling a burp and you got the look (laughs) because they think you caught them. That's as simple as it can be. And they may not even remember that at all. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think school principals have it coming in so many different directions. The parents, the teachers, the like you said, the superintendents, the the kids. We want to, we do want to make sure everyone, all needs are being met, and so that people pleaser does probably cloud a lot of what we do. And the way you described it is using those sage powers to stay focused on your mission and whatever vision you have would be very valuable to any leader. Yeah, for sure. Because it gives you the power to overcome those weaknesses that you have. It gives you the power to overcome those saboteurs and know how to change your perspective around what they're doing. And that's the thing that's really amazing. That's the power that it gives you. It doesn't take them away. I'm not going to promise something that doesn't happen. You're still going to have those thoughts come into your head. But the difference is you're going to know when the thought comes in, you're going to label it as a saboteur. And then you're going to do what are called PQ reps to get your mind into the sage power. And then you're going to start making decisions based on that. So instead of me freaking out because this woman hasn't emailed me or gotten in touch with me or anything like that, I can instead recognize that's the judge and the hyperachiever saying something's not true. I can do a couple PQ reps and then I can make a decision about how I want to approach it. And then I can approach it in a healthy way so that it doesn't come across as desperate or needy, or I can't function without you. All those things don't present well. You want to come at problems from your sage power because that's where your real power is. And all of us have it. All of us have it. It's what makes us who we are, makes us human beings instead of chimpanzees or dogs that don't have these abilities to reason and think and feel in the way we do. And as humans, we are attracted to that sage power. We sure are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like this is just a really powerful way of helping people improve their own leadership skills and then practicing to go through. We all need practice, especially if it's something new. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So that piece really comes in during the six week intensive course. We do some regular calls to check in, see how people are doing, practice things. And then the coaching afterward, either in the mastermind or one-on-one, we really use the sage powers to address each issue that we're talking about. For example, a a principal comes to me and says, Hey, I've got this, this teacher who is not doing what they should be doing. We need to have a conversation and I'm nervous about it. So then we talk about how to get into the sage mind, how to do PQ reps to help you do that and how to approach this problem from the sage perspective so that you are being a designer and not just a manager. A manager is going to say, here's what you need to do. Start doing it or else you're going to be disciplined. That who wants to do that, right? Nobody wants to be the manager in that situation. Nobody wants to get that conversation from their leader. The way that the designer does it is they say, hey, help me understand what you're going through. Why is this difficult for you? I want to understand so that I can actually help you. And then they're going to explore what the issues are. After they have that empathy, they're going to explore. Then they're going to come up with ideas about how to help them and how to see what could work. And it could be something crazy off the wall. It it could be something very simple. could be something really complex. could be any of those things. But then once you have that decision of what it is that you need to do to help, then you take decisive action. And instead of putting it off or delaying or avoiding, You just take that decisive action and you implement whatever the plan is. And when that's done in the sage mind, then you're going to have a lot more success because the saboteurs make you stop. They make you think they make you feel stress and panic. The sage makes you feel like you're in a state of flow. Doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy, but you're going to be in a state of flow where you can say, here's the right thing to do. We both can feel it. It's not scary. 
even though it may be challenging. It's not dangerous, even though it may be risky, but you feel confident in what you can accomplish because you came at it from the sage perspective and you didn't come at it from the perspective of I'm going to, I've got to do this or else. And what the sage perspective really teaches you is that everything is a gift or an opportunity that even when bad things happen, uh, you can still find some good in that. And you don't have to worry that something is so catastrophic that there's nothing you can learn from it, that there's no gift or opportunity there, even really difficult things. I had a really difficult personal situation just a few weeks ago that was just heartbreaking to me. And it was so difficult. And uh, I talked to my family about it and told them what was going on. And then the next day I had a, a principal who had gone through something very similar and it, and it was really tough. And the day after that, my son came and said, Hey dad, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. And he said, can you answer my question? Do you want my question? Are you okay? Like really asking if we could talk or if I was going to be a jerk dad. And I said, no, I'll take your question. What's up? And he said, have you found a gift or an opportunity from this difficult thing that you just went through? Oh my gosh. My 13 year old asking me that was like amazing. Right. So we talk about some of the ancillary mm. benefits. This was incredible. So he said, have you seen a gift or an opportunity? And I said, this was really hard for me to go through, but because I went through it right now, I was able to have much greater empathy for this principal who came to me for coaching. And I was able to support him in a really powerful way that I couldn't have done or that I maybe could have done, but it was just really timely to help me do that. And he was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then he went on, but I was thinking, man, this is incredibly powerful. If I can have this kind of experience, it's hard for me, but I know I can handle it. I've done the work myself to be in a position where I can be resilient and handle these difficult things. And then when this principal came to me, I was able to say, yeah, I can help you with this. I've, in fact, I just went through this yesterday <laughs> and, and that was a gift so that I could help this person feel like they were not alone. Those kinds of things really matter a lot and it's yeah. very powerful. Sure, sure. And connect with people so that they know that they can trust you and you can trust them and learn together. Yeah, totally. Well, just closing up a little bit, what it appears to me that the two books that you wrote, School X and then The Transformative Principle, it sounds like these sage powers are ways that people can use or the tools to use to really create what you wrote about in those books. Have you found that connection? Yeah. Here's the amazing thing, Kelly. I learned about the positive intelligence stuff and the sage powers and saboteurs after I wrote those two books, but mm -hmm. I can go back and see where those things totally align with what I was talking about. And yeah. it's amazing because I believe I wrote those books in my sage mind, which is full of possibility, which is full of everything as a gift and opportunity, all that stuff. I believe that I was understanding these things before I learned about them in an academic way. And mm -hmm. that is one of those things that I think is just amazing. And I just am grateful for that opportunity. This story I shared about the attendance going up, that was mm -hmm. me acting in that way years before I learned about any of this. And I, you and I both and everybody listening has had experiences where they've been able to see those kinds of things happening and be able to understand and see how they were in their sage mind before they ever understood what that really was. Yeah. Pretty powerful. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's nice getting goosebumps, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> especially when it's hundred plus degrees outside. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. So <laughs> what I'd like to close with is I'm doing a, a bunch of webinars about this topic. If you'd like to come check it out, jethrojones.com slash coach, you can get the little cheat sheet and then you can also attend these webinars, see the time for those as well. And it's just something that, that I think is so powerful. It's a deepening of my practice and improving what I do to coach principals and would really love to have you come and, and check it out. Let's go more in depth and see how you can apply it to your life. That's jethrojones.com slash coach. That sounds great. Well, thank you very much for 
talking with me today. It was great to hear a little bit more about you and what you do for everyone. Hey, thank you for stepping in and being a guest host today. I love doing this as people have listened to the podcast know, and I appreciate your willingness to do it. So thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it. Happy to do it. Thank you. As we close, why don't you share where people can go to learn more about you and what you do, Kelly? So as a uh, former middle school principal. I, I threw that I, at you. Sorry. Did. It's okay. <laughs> Ooh. I started a leadership coaching and uh, educational consulting business at enlighteningleadership.com. So check that out, enlighteningleadership.com. And it's just something that I feel strongly about is wanting to support the leaders who are still in schools, just like you do. And we talk, there's a lot of room for us. And you help me see we're not necessarily competitors. We're helping people be better. And that's where our hearts are. So it was just really great connecting with you. And thank you for letting me put a little plug out there. Yeah, my pleasure. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.